0: Transformation After Loss, a story of trauma after suicide with Hillary Hill. In this inspiring story, Hillary Hill shares her journey of transformation after experiencing the loss of her son to suicide. With over 20 years of experience as a financial literacy coach, career coach, and program manager with the Department of Defense, Hillary now dedicates her life to empowering others through their transitions in life. Join Hillary on her incredible story of trauma and transformation as she weaves pieces of light, learned to cope with the pain. Hear how she learned to cope with that pain, embracing healing, and use her experience to empower others going through their own transitions in life. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show. You're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Let me introduce our beautiful guest and someone who I can truly call one of my closest friends. Hillary Hill is an inspiring life coach and entrepreneur with over 20 years of experience in financial literacy, career coaching, and program management. After transitioning out of the Department of Defense, where she worked as a program manager for 18 years to support military members and their families, Hillary now dedicates her talents and energy to empowering others through their transitions in life. Her warmth, confidence, and confident expertise come from her own hard-won experiences. She's a proud mother of four beautiful children and another 12 claimed as her own. Most recently, Hillary suffered the devastating loss of her eldest son to death by suicide, which propelled her further into entrepreneurship with empowering transitions, life coaching. When not growing her business or among family, friends, or clients, she enjoys shopping, reading, dancing, drinking wine or coffee, and traveling, especially when accompanied by the love of her life, Ben. Please help me welcome... Hilary Hill. Hi Hilary, I can't hear you though.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard and I'm here with my wife Tabby.
0: We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system. And know
2: how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education.
1: That's why we started this podcast to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children.
0: On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles,
2: individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard, but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself.
1: Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together.
0: So I just want to let the audience know that while Hillary figures that out, Hillary's become such a close friend of mine and she has shared so many of her experiences with me. So I'm going to let her figure that out. And you know what? We're just going to run straight into our first commercial. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm April Hove, the managing director of the Fort Worth, Texas chapter of eWomen Network. I'm so excited that you stop to watch this video. I've got good news for you. You have just discovered an international network of women entrepreneurs who are committed to helping you achieve, succeed, and prosper. We are on a mission to help 1 million women entrepreneurs each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. Here at eWomen Network, we have a complete success system that supports you every step of the way in building and growing your business. You being here right now is no accident. We're supposed to know about you. We want to meet you to find out how we can help you as well as learn about what you have to offer. With over 500,000 women connecting through 118 chapters across the U.S., Canada, Australia, and the U.K., you are never alone. If this is resonating with you, please go to eWomenNetwork.com slash Fort Worth notice to my contact information. I invite you to reach out to me and check out our upcoming in-person and online events. I am really looking forward to introducing you to our community. Okay, I think I hear you. Okay. Excellent. Yay. (laughs) I love that. Sometimes. No problem. It's, it's really a pleasure to have you on the show. So I'm glad that we worked that out. Hillary, now you're a very close friend of mine. I know so much of your history, but why don't you share with the audience a little bit about you?
2: Okay. So, uh, recently moved to the Dallas Fort Worth area in August. Um, Had been living in Wichita, Kansas for the last 23 years, was able to raise my four children there. Um, It was a great place to raise my children. I worked for the Department of Defense uh, with the Kansas Air National Guard for about the last 18 years at McConnell Air Force Base. So that's my background. I did airmen and family programs, which meant that I serviced uh, military members from the day they enlisted. even before they enlisted, uh, their family members, such as moms, dads, brothers, sisters, girlfriends, boyfriends, spouses, and children, anyone that uh, loved on that military member. uh, I could work with them, uh, share information with them, and ultimately worked with the military member on all their um, quality of life programs. It's called the Military Life Cycle. So we start them by going to basic training we teach them financial literacy Uh, we assist with uh, programs for children uh, so youth child and youth programs Uh, we did um, uh, transition services we uh, took care of them during deployment so we have pre during and post deployment events uh, partnering with the yellow ribbon program and worked with them through the whole life cycle, uh, helping them through struggles, difficulties, um, offered home buying classes, which is really fun, or referring them to another resource if they were planning to get married or having a baby soon. Eventually, as that military member progressed through their military life cycle, uh, they would get to the point of separation or retirement. And as a transition counselor, I reviewed their benefits, their entitlements, encouraged them, and did a warm handoff to the VA or a veteran service officer. So have lots of experience in doing that. Uh, during my time there, I had received a lot of accolades for different projects that I worked on, and that goes into my uh, program management side of the house, uh, running programs and really trying to provide excellent services to our military and their families um, while i was there
0: wow you have such an incredible background and so much of servitude and you did all of this while being a single parent is that correct
2: yes fun stuff let me tell you um it was amazing it was an amazing career um and the benefit or the blessing of this job was, you're exactly right, raising my four children by myself, mm-hmm. utilizing my family support system uh, when I needed to, when, you know, we had to send uh, service members out on a deployment at 2 a.m. or 10.30 at night. Uh, we're 24-7, 365, so yeah. uh, when they have to deploy or they have to go out for a training or something, you, you are there to support them at whatever time one wonderful benefit while raising those children was uh, i did travel quite a bit anywhere from three or four times a year and many times i was able to take the children with me so they got to experience um, lots of states and lots of travel in the car and uh, not only did i have my family my nuclear family Uh, But I also have a military family, and I think people miss that part when their uh, loved one is thinking about joining a service, is that this is a whole new family, and it's around the world, highly connected, highly um, entangled, and you end up, as you travel, as you go to different trainings, you run into people that you know, so it really becomes a, a big, beautiful family that you can depend on.
0: Yeah, that's a a massive network. And how beautiful is that to be able to offer that to your children? You know, these different cultures and the experience of travel and opening their minds and their hearts, even, you know, um, again, going back to that servitude aspect of this is what we do to support one another. And that is definitely what I know to be true of you. That's why I have been so fond of you, because you just have this huge heart and such an extensive background. And I loved that about you because we were able to relate. I have a law enforcement background. You get a little bit where I'm coming from, where not everybody does. And I think that you can be so beneficial um, to others based on your experiences of being a single parent and with all of the things you did within the military. And so when we talk about being a single parent, can you tell a little bit of, you know, I know that you you took your children and were able to give them so much, but what was that struggle like? Well, my
2: dear, you know, the struggle too. There's many, many single parents out there. And the, the challenges that, uh, there's a couple different challenges that stand out for me. One is in my career, since I've been talking about that, is that there can be a glass ceiling for single parents, Mm. Uh, that there may be opportunities that you want to participate in or you want to apply for that next promotion, but you do have to consider what does that mean for my family if I move to, say, D.C., which is the hub of federal government, right, um, if I make that move, where are we going to live? Can I afford it on one income? I don't have two, right? Uh, where are the schools going to be? What does my commute look like? Because again, as a single parent, uh, the child gets sick. I'm the only one to get the child from school and get them to the doctor or her to the doctor. And if I'm in downtown D.C. and we live in the suburbs, how is that going to happen? And, and not having family support. So is someone going to move there with me? Or who do I already know in that area before I apply for that job? So I do talk about that glass ceiling a little bit. Within the home, there's other uh, challenges, right? When you're a single parent, guess what? You get to be the disciplinarian and you get to kiss the boo-boos. You get to be the one that runs to the emergency room blood gushing out and you're driving and trying to hold a compress on the blood that's spewing from the kid's head.
0: All the stories. Yes. (laughs) Yes,
2: yes, exactly. Um, And so those are the challenges, but also uh, I get the opportunity. I had the opportunity to love on my children to instill values that were Mm. very important to me. Um, We had those deep conversations you do realize that, uh, like a friend of mine says, she says, teen Valentine. Well, it's teen family, right? And yeah. when the kids get older and one can drive, it's like, hey, I need you to get your younger sibling to you know, the, the sleepover because I'm still working. Or can you help me and run to the store before it closes and get milk and, and bacon for the morning? Because uh, I have a headache or I'm working on getting the other one to bend. Yeah. And so you develop this very tight knit uh, reliance on each other. And it it can be a very uh, beautiful thing. And I feel like uh, I did a very good job at raising awesome kids. I did have two children, my oldest two. Uh, They joined the military. And then, of course, I have my younger two. And so they obviously saw that my service to the military, my dedication to these military families was really important and that they wanted to be a part of that too. So they uh, followed. So at one point, uh, my maid or my last married name was De La Rosa. So at one point, we had. Uh, Justice Delarosa, Rosa, Xavier Delarosa, La Rosa, and then Hillary Delarosa, Rosa. <laughs> and it was like, which one of the De La Rosas are you trying to, <laughs> to get somewhere email? You know, that was always challenging. Yeah. Fun. yeah.
0: Well, you know, and when we when we talk about statistics within military families, there's a lot of broken military families. And, you know, because you got to do so much you know, one-on-one counseling, coaching, you know, I, I feel like you were able to show up so much better for them with your own experiences. And tell me a little bit, how does that strengthen you as a person when you have had these experiences and, and now, you know, you're, you're coaching and, and leading the way for others?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So, Because of those experiences, and and we've only touched on a few, but I have an extensive history, uh, I am able to identify with and um, connect with many people that uh, maybe assume that I wouldn't be able to. Uh, I, I get that a lot. They're like, I don't know if you can help me, but I was told to come talk to you. So I don't know why I'm here. And it's like, great, come on in. Let's see what's going on in life. And Mm -hmm. I'm very transparent. I don't hide things. I don't say, well, I'm not going to talk about that. Because I'm human, right? And I have a story and a journey that I'm on in my life. So I try to identify with that person and figure out where our commonalities are. And many people are very surprised at what I've walked through in my life. And there, oh, goodness, how many times I've had a friend say to me, like, we don't understand how you are so vibrant and excited and you show up and you're pulled together and you have this and then you have this and you went through this. And, you know, people didn't know when I was at work, uh, when I was working for the military, when I was going through a divorce. They were like, we have no idea. We thought you were still married. I'm like, no, my. Got divorced, or I'm in the middle of a divorce, and it was very traumatic. Uh, So they were very surprised that I was still able to show up to work, support people, be available, um, or or taking you know my kids to the emergency room, or I had COVID at one point, and I'm still working uh, from home uh, to help members because they don't stop, and and unfortunately life just doesn't get put on hold because you're having a uh, very personal experience that's very challenging and taxing on you life still does go on and and I make a decision I make a choice every day to get out of bed and do what I need to do and mm. I also choose to rest when I need to rest and I think that's equally as important I don't think as a society mm. we take enough time to say I'm tired
0: I'm oh. exhausted yeah and allow for that time yes. Yes. Uh, and
2: not, and not, and, and here's the other thing to not feel guilty about it. Right. Oh, so, yeah. so guilt is huge. Guilt and shame, uh, are on very low energy vibrations on that scale. And I do not want to be there. I yeah. don't, I want to be higher. I want to be a, a beautiful presence in people's lives. I want to radiate joy. I want to be uh, someone that people are very attracted to because i i am a light and i am excited about the possibilities and the uh, opportunities that we get every day uh, from god and and others to show up and and show up.
0: So. Uh, yeah, and that's that's beautiful and i think that people really you know want to be around you and want to work with you when you do and, you know, you certainly have been a light for so many. And yes, absolutely. It's amazing. You know, you're, you're one of the most positive people that I have met, you know, in the face of all of these other life circumstances and traumas as we all experience. So um, let's talk about that when we get back from this other commercial and, you know, how it is that, you continue to show up even in the dark and gloom. Yes. <laughs>
2: Hello, everyone. I am Kim Jacobs, the host of The Kim Jacobs Show, and you all know who's right here with me, Dr. Les Brown. How are you, Dr. Brown?
3: I'm blessed and highly favored. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time you want to give yourself a competitive edge. If you got a message, you have some knowledge or experience, a story, or if you want to do something adventurous and exciting with your life that can increase your credibility, expose you to millions of people, I'm encouraging you to have your own talk show. I used to have a talk show. That one talk show catapulted me to another level. Now there are more people watching the internet, as you are aware, than television. come on somebody that's right dr kim jacobs she trained people on how to have their own talk show she will train you how to do that and now with me working partnering with her now you have the combination of an audience expansive audience we have over 4 million people in all of our platforms and the coaching you need to grow your business, to grow your multi-level marketing organization, to draw more attention to yourself in this noisy economy. Go ahead, Kim.
2: So in the training that I do, Les, I actually do a six-week training. It's
3: one hour per week. And each week I meet with the individuals one-on-one.
2: We go through and we talk about all of the things that's necessary for a show to become a reality. We go from how to actually identify your focus area, what's gonna be your ideal customer that's gonna be tuning in. We'll talk about how to get guests, how to get sponsorship, how to go about getting your lighting, your
3: branding, and your banners and everything that you need to know. And guess what, Les? They right. own their own content at the end of the day. And that's exciting. Now, if you're ready to 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 create a shift in your business and in your life and increase your cash flow. I want you to go to kimjacobsconsulting.com. It's right there on the screen, kimjacobsconsulting.com. You know, people say, opportunity knocks on every door. No. Opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to Kim Jacobs Consulting.com. That's kimjacobs Consulting.com. Did I say Kim Jacobs Consulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching, and we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. That's my story, and that's Kim's story, and we're sticking to it. Bye for now. Bye bye.
0: Okay, welcome back. So, you have just beautifully weaved, you know, your emotions. You have you have a very strong emotional intelligence. I think that's definitely what I would like to say. So you've you've had all of these more challenges than most. Yes, and having to show up. But I think something about that is when we are parents and we have to be the the only face and the only example and also when we're in a position of power where we're leading others you know there's something about that where it just makes us stand up and show up a little bit more because we we feel like that's what we need to do yeah. and so tell me a little bit about let's walk into your experience your sons went into the military with you and how exciting that was they followed in mom's footsteps what, were, what was that like and maybe some of the challenges that were faced within the military life? Yes, yes.
2: Uh, I think it's awesome. I'm a big advocate for the military. I see a lot of uh, great training and opportunities that are available to our military members. And those that take advantage of it really walk out of there with like, this massive training record and all these accolades and awards. And they're very, very proud of what they've done. And they're just awesome people, awesome human beings that, in my opinion, uh, I believe the civilian sector can absolutely capitalize on all the skills that the military members receive. They're leadership training. Uh, you mentioned emotional intelligence. That's Those are courses we can take in the military, which I did several times. Uh, there's assist training for uh, uh, suicide intervention training. There's the four lenses training. Um, there's financial literacy training. I mean, on I could just go on and on and on. That is available to the military. And again, if People will take advantage of it. They walk away from the military, uh, whether that's at retirement or separation, and they go into the civilian sector and they have all these skills and abilities and training and just there are these really well-rounded people. And you mentioned uh, travel around the world. Many of them have. So they have this beautiful appreciation for other cultures. They may speak multiple languages. We find that a lot. They're very willing to um, try different kinds of foods. So I've gotten opportunities to eat a lot of unusual dishes um, (laughs) because they're like, well, we ate this in Korea. We had this in Japan. This is a staple in Germany um, and, and where military bases are located. So it's a beautiful thing because I believe in uh, culture and diversity. Uh, very much, I, I embody that. And the military uh, just naturally gives that to us. So for my boys that join the military, I really presented the benefits to them that uh, by joining the military, they're going to, get this training that less than 1% of the U S population joins the military, which is staggering. It's like, everybody's like, what less than 1%. Yeah, absolutely. Less than 1%. And we have different branches and service components they can do, uh, that they go to school after their basic training. Uh, it's a technical school and they learn their skill set. So in the air force, force their, uh, job is an AFSC and it's a number Uh, for some other branches. It's your MOS. And you go to training to learn that skill. So for example, my son, Xavier, went to school for heating and air conditioning. And he went to a particular base. He was in school all day, every day, wore the uniform. And he called me one day and said, Mom, uh, when I get done with this, I'll be a heating and air conditioning technician. I'll have my Freon license. I can work on boilers, you know, on and on. And my friend has been paying for college. And Justice did the same thing. And I'm like, yes, that's that's
0: the point. The way to go. That's mm-hmm. right.
2: That's right. And then there's the college education or trade school beyond that, or we even teach business classes. So we encourage veterans to own their own business at some point. Uh, so those are all these additional benefits that sometimes we forget about that the military is offering and the member has to take advantage of it. There's also spouse benefits and child benefits that come along with that. Um, healthcare, you know, yeah. so I see all the benefits. Now, are there some downsides? Are there some negatives? Absolutely. But you're going to find that in any career Anything. field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just, you have to decide, is the benefit outweighing the negative? Mm-hmm. Um, if this is not what I thought it was, how can I maximize my opportunities while I'm here? Um, can I cross-train? That's something many times they forget. So they get in one AFSC based on their ASVAB scores, which they take with the recruiter or they take at their high school and they don't realize, you remember when you got your ASVAB score, you could do a, a choice of 16 jobs. You chose one and you went to school and you did that job for a little bit. And you're like, this really isn't fun. It isn't what I thought it was going to be. Go pick another one. Mm-hmm. The military will train you in a new career field. <laughs> and and you have that choice. If you join without a college degree, that's another thing. Um Many of our service members join with college degrees, which is exciting. Uh, But say you join without a degree, then you uh, maximize your benefit of going to college. The military pretty much pays for all your college between uh, there's GI Bill, state, federal benefits, there's um, student loans, there's um, tuition assistance programs. And in the military over course of time, You get a bachelor's degree, and now you decide you want a different opportunity as an officer. You can go from enlisted to officer and have almost like the second new career with new uh, expectations as an officer to lead others, to do strategic thinking, to um, really plan out missions or just uh, Mm. moving forward in a different capacity. So. Again, lots and lots of opportunities that that I have seen with the military. And if people will take advantage of it, you're just, it's just great. great.
0: And you offer a lot of services to, you know, veterans who, you know, again, transitioning out of that. So they've already gone through all those phases and now they're transitioning into something new. What is it like for so many people who are going into something other than because i knew military life is one thing it's very structured it's you know you're in front of you know a certain type of people it's the family it's the network and then you're coming into a different world um and it makes me think manly and i just watched uh i think it's called dog it's Mm -hmm. a newer Mm -hmm. movie uh will bring you to tears. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> but really just this soldier's transition from, you know, experiencing frontline service war and coming into a a different world, you know, completely different and having to, you know, experience society once again and how challenging that is. Yeah. And then coming in to rely on his his friendships going back to his networks and the dog, of course, and how the dog itself, you know, was so trained to do one job and one duty and isn't really designed to be in, you know, a a traditional society setting. And so you experience that a lot and work with a lot of people with that. It's almost like what I like to call it's an identity crisis when you come from one extreme to another. And there's a grief period with that. Yes.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. You just hit the nail on the head, my dear. (laughs) You're exactly right. Is, um, So within the military, they have a program called uh, TAP and it's a transition program. I was Mm -hmm. a TAP counselor since 2012 when I first got trained So a long time. And it's a a curriculum, mandatory PowerPoints, hours of briefings. And as a a counselor, I can't change what I cover. It's mandated by law to cover these things but you're looking for creative ways to um talk about something make it applicable keep them awake right um and it's good stuff like that's what i would always tell my members this is really good stuff and if you will take notes and you'll take this packet of information there's tons of information websites resources benefits Check this out, look into this, sign up for that, turn the foreman for this. But it's overwhelming, very overwhelming. And it's just uh, by fire hose. Okay. Uh, then the military member, uh, many times I hear this, I run into this a lot, where the military member is like, hey, I got it. I'm good. They know they've been wearing this rank, they know what all those accolades are that they got from the military and their wards and, and attaboys. Right. And so they have an idea in their mind that when they walk away from the military, that places employers are going to be clamoring to hire them. And they just don't dun, dun, hire me mm. and nobody comes knocking. And, Many times veterans can go a year, a year and a half without getting a job offer. And there are several factors attributing to that. But that's very disheartening to the service member because here they have done so many things. They have been trained. They've gone on combat operations. They they have this amazing background that, again, they The civilian sector can capitalize on. They don't always know how. And quite frankly, the service member doesn't know how to reflect what their skills are on a resume, a civilian resume for a civilian employer. So there's two pieces there. Uh, But what can happen is that service member leaves and, and you said there's a grief. Absolutely. I talk to them all the time about that. As you wear a uniform every day, that's part of your identity. There's a vernacular the military uses. We speak in acronyms. I can put whole sentences together with one acronym after another, and a civilian's <laughs> gonna go, I don't, know, "I don't know what she said. I yeah. don't know," <laughs> but I can rattle it off because I know what it means and I know how to string them together. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's there's the uniform. There's the, the language. The, Yes. Yes. Um, there's like you said, the expectation it's regimented. So we see that a lot too. Isn't, I I talk to veterans, uh, or people separating the military and I tell them, think about the culture of that future company that you're going to work for. And the reality is more than likely, there's still probably a percentage that would, but more than likely, you're not going to leave the military, hang up the uniform, put it in the back of the closet, put it in the duffel bag, and and not look at it. And then go to work for a place like Google that uh, ha, is very freeing in their office space. They're not chained no. to a desk. They're very, you know, groovy-ish. That's usually not the military member. It's not
0: going to be a good yeah. fit. Or They're- there's a lot to unlearn. Yes. Or to not at me. least put in your back pocket yes. to take out when need be. I, yes. I can relate with that. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: and it's very hard. And yeah. um, that, um, it isn't always depression, but those uh, moments of sadness, of grief, of loss, uh, the loss of identity will creep in. It mm-hmm. may not creep in immediately because they're excited to exit the military. But, you know, three months later, it might trickle in. Six months later... A yeah. year, a year and a half, two years, um, and in many times what we see. So I worked with the uh, Air Guard, but uh, many times we would have a person who's separated from active duty, or not usually retired, but separated from active duty. They did, you know, their first or second enlistment. Said, "Eh, this isn't for me." They go to work for a couple years, and they come back, and they come as a guard member because they miss the military structure. The
0: structure, yeah. I agree. And that movie is called Dog. Channing Tatum is, you know, the the lead in the role. Mm-hmm. And he does a fabulous job of really describing, you know, even when he's talking and, and, and explaining his thoughts, his viewpoint on things and how different it is from everyone else who hasn't experienced mm-hmm. that life, that world, you yes. know, being across seas. I mean, it's a completely different thing. You know, here in the US, and you know, when you're in a war zone, it's totally different. So people don't understand it, they don't understand the politics involved. And everybody has their own perception. And there was a really great scene where he's in a bar and he's talking to a lot of different women and having the conversations with them and how their viewpoints are and what his viewpoints are. And he's (laughs) like, Wow, this is not a good fit. And they're like, Oh, this isn't a good fit, you know. So it's it's really interesting the perspectives and i can relate with it a lot because when i stepped out of law enforcement it took me a really long time to you know really show up as a woman to be to be honest because you're in full uniform you have to have your hair back you you have to have this dominant you know, aspect of yourself. And when you put on that uniform, it's, it's like this armor and yes. you show yes. up so, so yes. differently. And I remember the, the first job I had, I was a office manager assistant at a mortgage company and I would answer the phone sometimes. And they told me, April, you have to stop answering the phones. You're scaring away <laughs> the clients, you know, they don't, because I was just you know, very yep. straightforward. I I didn't have as much high pitch like the feminine yep. side. Yes. It truly was. It took years to yes. learn how to show up differently to show up how I do, you know, it didn't come natural when you have so much training ingrained in you. Yes. yes.
2: Well, let me add to that. So uh, just today, a couple hours ago, I was at the Veteran Business Circle, which is a group of veterans. They have a Facebook page and everything, and they find camaraderie. We find camaraderie with each other because we understand each other. You don't have to explain shit, right? You just yeah. are like, hey, Marine Corps, yeah. Air Force, Army, Navy. They tease each other back and forth. We laugh about it. Um And you can just throw in all those military isms uh, (laughs) and we get it and there's no judgment. And that's a beautiful thing. And they need that. There's, um, you know, I could rattle off a ton of resources, but, you know, the vet center, they have counseling programs. They have opportunities for veterans to hang out with a cup of coffee And shoot the shit with each other. Why do you think the VFW and the American Legions have been popular for decades? Mm -hmm. Because these veterans need to uh, be around each other. It's, it's, again, it's an identity. It's a badge of honor they've worn. Mm -hmm. And they need to stay connected because it is less than 1% of the American population that joins the military.
0: Right. And again, it's really knowing that language and that certain type of communication. You develop a sense of humor that mm-hmm. most people don't <laughs> get because you're in and around things that most people don't see. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. So you're saying that um, maybe finding your tribe and community is a strong point here.
2: Yes, absolutely. And, and it helps with the transition. And, and, and I'll give a great example, too. So today uh, we have a guy that um, owns a garage door company and on his vehicle, it's plastered veteran owned U.S. Marine Corps, dun, dun, dun. and he, that's his identity. That's part of his identity. Yeah. So then there's another guy there that's a window company guy. And then there's a concrete guy and there's a junk removal guy. And they are all doing business and referring people to each other. And they know, again, they know I'm referring my client to this veteran-owned business because they're going to take care of them and I have no worries. And if they don't, we're going to deal with this offline <laughs> and take care of this because we're here to service. We're here to build our businesses, but we're here to support each other. And they do that uh, beautifully in these veteran circles uh, with each other.
0: Absolutely. And you know, I I would I think that you probably encourage people that, you know, although we have you know our identities mm-hmm. and our belief systems, you know, but yet they are malleable and they do change throughout the course of our life, throughout the course of our experiences. I mean, just before we, you know, went into certain career fields or certain things happen, we had a certain identity, right? And then that identity changed based on those experiences. So I think that's such a powerful thing to have people know that you know, that was a real awakening for me is to understand that I can change my beliefs. I can change my identity. It is something that shifts and changes as life moves forward. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We'll go into another commercial. And then when we get back, I would love to hear how you have changed and switched your identity through the transition with your loss when we come back. Bella Grace means
1: so many things to me. Um, I still remember being a young woman and having that name in my heart. And I also am a mother of two young girls now. I love more than anything to spend time with them. I wanted to do something that would be empowering, deliver amazing, proven products that work to the marketplace, but most importantly, give amazing opportunity to people all around the world. It truly is her passion. After over 25 years in the pharmaceutical medical world, I've dealt with lots of doctors, lots of chemists, lots of scientists. So when I saw all the double blind clinical studies that validate and back up beyond a shadow of a doubt that have over 10 years of proven results. It's truly beauty from the inside out. We knew that we were going to be bringing a very disruptive force to the health and wellness world. And that's exactly what we've done. We have exclusives to make sure that nobody can represent or duplicate what we've brought to market. The amazing
0: shine, the amazing plumpness, the hydration. It's as if you're watching magic happen right in front of your eyes. It's something you don't get with the most expensive products out there.
1: We started interviewing influencers. We started interviewing influencer companies. So we thought, what if we could give them more? And that's exactly what we've given them. Is an influencer model exactly what they wanted and expected with an affiliate model built around it?
0: They give you a platform to become an influencer
1: customer service, marketing department, manufacturer, the the packaging, the people that are doing our software, the comp plan, every single person here are literally experts in their definitive field. It's over a hundred years of experience in the direct selling world. So we've been able to partner these two worlds and bring the best of the direct sales affiliate marketing world with the passionate social media
0: influencing world and bring them together. That's something that we haven't seen out there yet.
1: The best tools possible, the best platform possible that anybody, even if you weren't in established influencer you could come here and build out a community of influencers
0: anytime anywhere on my phone it doesn't matter who you are what you're following is Bella Grace is giving us all the opportunity to create a business for yourself this is the time to take advantage of that Discover more about Bella Grace in the description below. And coming back to Miss Hillary, share with us how you have really shifted and changed who you are, how you show up through your recent transition. Yes. So I. So
2: my son, uh, like you said earlier, died by suicide in May of twenty-two. And I was already planning on uh, some transitions in my life, had met uh, Ben and was dating him long distance. And we had plans to move, was putting my house on the market and, you know, leaving the Department of Defense. So all these really uh, life changes that, you know, most uh, me- mental health professionals recommend one a year. You know, don't do it all. Well, let's just rip off the band aid and do it all. <laughs>
0: done. Yeah.
2: Go, go big or go home, right? <laughs> um, so, with that, uh, it does shift your, your thinking uh, tremendously. And it uh, causes you to reevaluate things that you're doing in your life. Is that working for me? Does mm-hmm. that serve me any longer? Is this who I still want to be to others? Um, what, what else am I capable of doing? And, and it really coincided with those questions I was asking uh, before I moved, before he died, before I sold the house. Questioning, is this really where I need to be? Mm-hmm. And we are all on a journey called life and we have experiences throughout that journey that, that shape us and mold us. And I became a life coach during COVID and I myself have a coach as well. And I recommend that, you know, any professional, uh, uh, typically a psychologist has a psychologist they talk to, yeah. you know, a teacher has a teacher friend they talk to, right? And so uh, with my own life coach, I started questioning lots of things. Um, how am I showing up at work? How am I showing up as a mother? How am I showing up as a girlfriend? Mm. Do I still want to do this? Uh, what, what, what else could I do? You know, yeah. um, because we are multifaceted human beings. So like you, for example, uh, you've done law enforcement. You've worked for a large uh, shipping packaging company, You've uh, taken care of children, you've taken care of your mother, you have been a wife, um, you're a daughter, um, you now have a podcast. So, and who knows what's next? Who knows what's next? Uh, mm-hmm. You and I have talked about being a speaker on and big stages, you know, who knows that could lead to writing a book, which could yeah. lead to, uh, you know, I don't know, but <laughs> when we go through these things in our life and we get to the point of this isn't serving me. Um, This isn't where I need to be any longer. I need to do a change Mm. and they don't have to be major changes, like completely changing your career field. That's one example, but it could be making a change in I'm going to show up to be a better partner to my spouse. Yeah. I'm going to take classes so I can be a better mother to teenagers. I'm going to, you know, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And so with um, those things that I mentioned that happened during uh, this last year, I got the opportunity to really define what do I actually want to do? What are my God-given talents I knew when I did my coaching certification, uh, it was within a, a few hours of starting. They explained what coaching is, what it's not, why do people do it, et cetera. And we took a break. It was all on Zoom at the time. And I just remember just like crying and going, oh, my God, this this is what I'm supposed to do. This is why God could put me on earth. Aww embodies all these talents and again my history into a a career field, something that I could do to make money, support mm. my family, travel like I like to, yeah. um support veterans, other single moms, women, yeah. entrepreneurs through business coaching, uh transition coaching, you know, all those things that I, I just I, I, I coaching for me Has now, and and has been actually since I I got the training, has been just enthralling. Like, Mm. I get so much energy by coaching someone. I get so excited for them. I'm really big on celebrating the victories as we walk that journey together. Um, Mm. I become their accountability partner. Did you get your homework done? (laughs) Where's your stumbling blocks, you know? I get to be their biggest cheerleader and go, oh, my God, you did it. That's awesome. And and also to sit there with them and hold space
0: Hmm.
2: when it's not going well. And and sometimes when we change, not everyone is supposed to walk with us as we change. Right.
0: Um, That's a big statement. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Can you say that again? Because I think it's very powerful.
2: Yeah. Not everyone is supposed to walk with us as we go through the changes. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard. And I had a conversation with someone this week about that, where a longtime friend uh, said there was a situation. They had an opinion that was very different than the person I was talking to. And that friendship has ended. And, that's really hard and you grieve the loss of that friendship because they yeah. cannot walk the rest of the road with you. Yeah. And we have to know when to let them go. Yeah. And it's just super hard. But my mom tells me all the time, you can't keep everything. If you <laughs> keep everything, you have no room for new.
0: So, uh, yeah. So
2: April, if I kept every single person that I love and adore and I'm friends with, I would not have had the capacity and ability to say hello to you mm. and welcome you into my life, yeah. and all the other new people that mm. I have been meeting recently as well. Yeah, because there's only so much, right? There's only so much of me. There's no, so and
0: all the possibilities, you know, the the what ifs—you never know. And I think that's one of the beautiful things when you really open up to this discovery aspect, you know, like this curiosity, because it could be better than you ever imagined possible, you know, the new person that you get to meet the new, you know, place that you get to visit the new experiences, the new life, you know, you just never know what's around the corner, even when we're at the lowest of the low. And it sounds to me like you, you know, had this blessing in disguise, if you were already Having these thoughts in your mind, you're contemplating where do I want to show up? What do I need to release um, in order to bring in the new? And you already had this on the forefront. You know, when the unthinkable happened, I think that it was a blessing in disguise, you know, in a sense, because you already were in a space, you know, to hold something. And, you know, I think that we could never really feel ready.
2: No, no, you do it scared. (laughs) You do it anyway, right? I I think I've heard that a ton lately is you just do it scared. And even the best people that are the most prepared to show up, to do the presentation, to drive the brand new car off the lot, to open the business, they're doing it scared. They don't know if this is going to work. They don't know if the brand new car is a lemon or not. They don't know. And we just show up and we do it anyway. And we take um, the challenges that come along with it and the opportunities. And we have to kind of like ride that wave that is part of our life. And we learn from those experiences. And so, uh, you know, very tragic that my son died. Awful, awful, awful. But I can't change it.
0: Mm-mm.
2: and I, I'm trained. I'm trained in suicide intervention. I, I have sat with many, many people over the years uh, that, were, that had suicidal ideations that were very, uh, you know, very close to taking their lives, and they were scared because they didn't want to, but they didn't know what else to do mm-hmm. because people live with chronic pain, People live with devastating news of a very close one dying, a spouse, a baby, a child, that kind of thing. Uh, they live with um, awful circumstances. PTSD it's huge, huge PTSD. And they just they never get relief or they don't ever think that there's relief. Right. And you get to the point where. I don't know what else to do because I've tried this. I've tried that. I tried that. And I don't see the hope yeah. that it's going to get better because I've tried everything I know. And it's scary. It's very scary. And people, I talk to many people too. Uh, I, I won't say everyone, but I think many, many people uh, more than we realize uh, But almost everyone has had a, a period of time in their life where they could have become suicidal or they were suicidal or they had suicidal ideations or they attempted right Mm -hmm. and we like many things that's kind of taboo i think we're getting better about having these discussions but the reality is anyone could get to that point if given the right set of circumstances. Yeah.
0: I want to, I want to say something for me personally on that. I had this experience when I was um, a new law enforcement officer and it was my first suicide. And, um, so when I went into the home, you know, I saw the pictures on the wall and it was family photos and it looked so happy. And there were Disney photos. And I continued to walk through the house. And when you went into the, the back room, it just felt so dark and cold. And um just a, a very heavy negative sort of energy. And and I saw a woman who had, you know, taken her life and um What happened was the story was that she dropped off her two children at the school bus that earlier that morning and she came home and she offed herself. And I swore as a mother at that time that I would never be so selfish as to take my own life, you know, having the children to take care of. I just thought that was the most selfish thing anyone could do. Well, my perspective on that did change. And like you said, you know, anyone can really get to that point given, you know, the right circumstances, the right cocktail, right? Of, of just the crap yes, of life and, and challenge and turmoil. So never say never is the lesson that I received after that. Now this is many years later, but still, Never say never. <laughs> yeah. And, y- you know, yeah, we, but that's the point of life, right? You know, we go through these ebbs and these flows, these ups and these down, and that is to be expected. Nobody gets out without that. Unscathed. No, no way. <laughs> no. Yeah. And so, you know, it's also giving a different perspective and space for people who choose to go all the way with that and having a sense of understanding and compassion with that and to not be so judgmental. It's easy to go that route when you think you know it all or have it all or feel like, well, they could have. Right. But right. the reality is everybody's an individual and we all make our own choices and we make our choices every day. And you said in the beginning, I choose to. Show up this way. Yep. I choose to think this way and to not allow myself to go back into these negative thought patterns, which is easy. That's the easy way.
2: Oh, sure. Absolutely. And the thing is, uh, uh, you can um, – I didn't realize this until I was in my grief group recently that, that – um, I guess I did realize it, but I had to think about it. And he died by suicide but I feel no shame surrounding his death Mm. and I don't feel guilt surrounding his death. And if this had happened 10, 15, 20 years ago, heck, I don't know, maybe five years ago, uh, I may have been looked at differently. Mm. I may have been treated differently. I've heard those stories uh, where uh, I was talking to a gal, her mother, died by suicide uh, when she was 16. And I think she's probably late fifties, early sixties now. And just nobody came to support the family.
0: Nobody
2: mm-hmm. wanted to be around the family almost as though it was contagious.
0: Yeah. Mm. It's uh, you know, we, we have definitely shifted. I feel in that and, and, you know, still coming out of that. There's absolutely those, you know, where, where you're treated like that, you know, the societal norms, the societal thinking, and, you know, it's easy to, you know, when I, you know, was feeling a certain way, you know, with my children not coming with me or whatever, you know, I felt like, oh my gosh, society is going to judge me. And that was very hard to try to push away and not uh, not allow that thought to start sinking in and it's easy to do that but i think that mental health is such an it's on such an uprise of an awareness and i feel like you and i are here right now talking about it i think that people are starting to really talk about it and i feel that that's going to be one of the greatest shifts one of the greatest uh, empowering things that we can do is to really start letting people know you're not alone. This is, you know, a thing, this is common. Here's stories. Yeah, This is our stories.
2: So uh, I think it was yesterday. uh, Someone said this to me and I'm going to screw it up, but, but it was really, uh, I think very telling is um, we have physical health, right? And some people are in good physical health. They work out, uh, they stretch their body to the limits. They, they build those muscles. and we have people with poor physical health. They don't get off the couch. They are more laxadaisy about the exercise routine. They haven't even heard of yoga. What's yoga? I've never done that. <laughs> so so physical health, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Then we
2: have financial health, right? And so in our finances, some people can be very healthy in finances. They have invested. They are making their money work for them. They're excited about it. They have great spending plans that they have meticulously put together and they follow. And then there's people with poor financial health and they are uh, low credit score, um, robbing Peter, paying Paul, yeah. uh, they, they live in subpar housing, maybe poor financial literacy or, or uh, financial uh, health. But the same is true of mental health. It's on a mm-hmm. continuum.
0: Mm-hmm. So we
2: can have really good mental health where we have tragedies like the ones I've experienced in my life, a death of a child, a divorce from a very... Um, negative person that did a lot of things very negatively in my life. Um, And moving quickly one time, uh, that's when I moved to Kansas. Just kind of packed up and moved, but I packed up and moved to Texas too. Um, And you can have those situations in your life. and, And if you take care of your mental health, you get a professional to help you. You take classes uh, to help you. You learn techniques for breathing and calming Mm. and centering, grounding, energy, all those things. Spiritual health is is right in there, too. We can have people with great spiritual health and poor spiritual health, right?
0: There's definitely a balance, you know, in so many of those buckets.
2: Yes, yes. So if we... Think about mental health of am I taking care of my health? Do I have good quality mental health or is it poor quality mental health?
0: And Mm -hmm. I'm focused
2: on the negative and I can't see any good. And I don't seek help when there are traumatic events. And PTSD, what you know, one of those diagnoses is present possibly in every one of us where we've had a car accident that was just jarring. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a a situation where someone injured themselves in front of us. Someone died, you know, PTSD can happen to anybody. And do you stay in that and you ignore it and you shove it down into that box? Or are you willing to open it up and say, this is going to hurt and it's painful but I want to be better. I want to have better mm. mental health so that I can show up for family, for friends to be present in my life, have good relationships, have a great uh, job, career opportunities, uh, and, and on and on.
0: Yeah. The um, mental awareness is is huge in making those choices. Let me move into this. Um, Manly said, yes, we shouldn't shame people It's not part of the solution to mental health. Walk a mile in someone else's shoes. Yeah, absolutely. And um, he also said, thank you for being brave enough to share and a light. Thank you. Mm. you. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to ask Hillary is, you know, as we come to a close, is there anything else that you know, you would like to share with our audience as we leave here today?
2: I think that, uh, a big takeaway is, um, giving yourself grace as we go through life's challenges and not being so hard on ourselves. I think society does enough of that for us. We don't have to beat ourselves up. I'm, I'm a pretty critical person of myself. I'm, I always uh, analyze and uh, look over. And how can I improve that? And how can I do it better? And and it doesn't have to be so hard on our, mm. you know, for us, on ourselves. And, and giving giving others grace and and being present. Uh, that's huge. In being there for your friends, being present for those that you love and showing up for them. And, and that looks different for everyone. That could be sending a text in the morning that says, hey, you're having a job interview today. I hope it goes well. I hope you get the job. Or mm-hmm. it's showing up to your kids' uh, athletic event and being present and giving them the, the hurrahs and the cheers and they see you in the bleachers. So those are a few of my uh, takeaways for the day that I hope are helpful to others.
0: Oh, thank you so much! And again, you know, just like you know, the manly said, thank you so much for sharing your story and your light. I want to make sure everyone knows how to contact you. Your uh, email is hillary at empoweringtransitionslc dot com. That stands for Empowering Transitions Life Coaching, and so that is what you do you bring yes. people through all sorts of transitions whether it be you know someone from military which is in an expertise you know a parent or you know an entrepreneurial any sort of life transitions and my goodness there are so many aren't there i think <laughs> yes. even moving to another state for goodness sakes um, has its own challenges and is a total transition right because you're used to a a normal everyday consistency and then it's changed it is so hard to be able to do that you're not going to the same stores the same roads you know yes people. <laughs> uh, so yeah hillary is there for you and um, i can say personally that i highly recommend her she's an incredible human being as you have experienced here today on the wellness driven life show. So again, that's Hillary at empowering That will also be left in the description. And I want to say to our guests, if you have comments that you want to leave, many of you will be watching the replay. Please leave the comments in and we'll get back to you. And thank you so much. The show would not be possible without your generous contributions. You can donate to the wellness driven life show cash app, you know, PayPal, so many options. And when you donate on the website at www.thewellnessdrivenlifeshow.com, you'll be left with an email follow-up you can keep for your records. So that being said, thank you so much, Hillary, for being our our honored guest on the show. I love all your stories. I'm so excited to see what's next for you. I see the most beautiful transitions, um, happening for you and it is such an honor and a privilege to be a part of that and along your side and I feel very grateful. Yes,
2: I'm excited for you too because I know that this is great and it's going to get even better and uh, opportunities are also coming for you as well and just be ready for them and be excited when they hit because they're going to They're going to show up when you were least expecting it. And it's like, Whoa, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is our, our friendship is a beautiful example of, you know, community and being there, you know, to lift each other as we climb. Right. It is, it is definitely a part of the journey that you don't want to leave that piece out. You don't want to leave community out. There's so much power in that. So I want to say goodbye for now, and we will see everyone tomorrow. Goodbye.